Welcome, everyone, to the Third and King podcast. My name is Max. You remember my friend TJ. Hey. We like to talk about the San Francisco Giants, but you already know that. Today is June 1st. Mustache May's over. How you feel about that, TJ? Looks like you still have a little bit going on. Yeah. Uh, it's still May in my heart, so we'll, we'll keep it going until <laughs> I don't feel like it any longer. Sad to see it go. It was a good month. Yeah, it's fun. Who do you think had the best mustache on the team? Yastrzemski. I think the only one that could even challenge it is is Lamont Wade Jr. Okay, so Yaz, it's good. It's thick. He's got the flavor saver. But what about Scott Alexander? Uh, that That's actually a really good point. I think his is all year round, so I didn't think about his because <laughs> it's just part of who he is. But that's a strong contender. Yeah, I saw some gross ones though. Patrick Bailey, he tried. It was kind of gross. I think even yeah. like I think a lot of guys kind of ended up doing it for the last few days. Brett Wisely did it, and yeah, it was like they just shaved off the beard and left like yeah. the stubble for the mustache. But it's over. It's behind us. May was a good month for us though. It was seventeen and twelve. Yeah, it was a fun month. We had some work to do to get back up to five hundred. We did so. We went a little beyond, but I think we're back now. I think we're even. Yeah. Does it concern you that it took such a good month just to claw back to 500? Or does that concern you? Or do you think that's a, like a good sign? I think it's it's pointing to maybe we've got more good things to come. But okay. you're almost going to w- lose one for everyone that you win. It's just, I think, a lot of work. It was exciting. It was fun to watch. We've been saying it. It's kind of the theme for the last few episodes, is this team good? Yeah. I certainly don't think we're bad. Yeah. Uh, even the games, you and I were talking about it beforehand. Even the games, some of the games that we're losing, they're still fun. Yeah. That last game in Milwaukee that they lost was fun. If you think about it, not just rooting for a team, but as like an entertainment product, then yeah. I don't know. I thought it was fun. They were down 7 nothing, kind of clawed back, ended up losing 7-5, to five, but at least made it interesting and... Honestly, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So we, we swept the Phillies. We took two of three from the Marlins, two of three from the Twins, three of four from Milwaukee, and then we gave up two to, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, that, that two to Pittsburgh is kind of a bummer. And obviously it's, it's only one game difference, but like, and we've been, we've been saying this quite a bit this year that seems to be a theme. Like they seem to play well against... The decent teams, you know, the <laughs> Brewers, the Twins, the Phillies. I mean, I guess the jury's still out on those teams. But, like, I don't know. I guess maybe Pittsburgh's a little bit better than we thought. But at least coming into the year, the Pirates are a team that you think you should take the series from at home, at the very least. And if not, take the series both home and away. I certainly would have traded a few runs from game one. <laughs> Help Just us out. Over. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, fun nevertheless. Brewers kind of got a little funky. Yeah. Yeah. There was a game where the Giants did a bullpen game. Now, there's a difference between a bullpen game and like an opener. So, an opener is like a reliever will start, but then there's a guy that is going to do a bulk of the innings. He's, he's like right. a starter type, he's going to do four or five innings. But this was like a true bullpen game. And I guess giving the Brewers a little bit of credit, 
the Giants probably didn't tell them which one it was. They just said that Scott Alexander was starting the game. But I think the Brewers just got a little bit too cute trying to out chess match the Giants, I guess, because they had Rowdy Telez, <laughs> who's a left-handed hitter, and so they didn't want him, I guess, didn't want him to face Scott Alexander, who's a their left-handed best hitter. hitter. Probably their best hitter, but they had him batting seventh. And <laughs> I just think that was a bad move. Like, I get there are platoon splits. I didn't look into it too much. Maybe he has really drastic platoon splits, but their one through five hitters ended up with four plate appearances each, and then everyone after that only got three. That's one less at bat for Rowdy Telez, who, like we just said, is one of their best hitters. So I think I think they got just a little too cute and tried to like outsmart the Giants and ended up outsmarting themselves, and I just thought it was funny. Yeah, certainly. You know, Rowdy Telez grew up in the Sacramento area. I wonder if he's a Giants fan, or if he was. He probably was. I think him and J.D. Davis went to the same high school. Did they? I'm pretty sure. That's interesting. Yeah. I think him and Logan Webb also know each other because Logan Webb's up there from up there as well. From Rockland, so, yeah. Yeah, and so like... Well, all those boys probably play travel ball, right? So they yeah. have to run into each other. Yeah, and there was a funny moment too when I think Telez got the first hit off of Webb and they were kind of chirping at each other in, in good fun. And I don't know, I like that kind of stuff. So it, se- it seemed like it was just like, you know, good natured, like ribbing between guys that kind of know each other a little bit. So I don't know. Yeah, fun. For, for sure. So along the same lines, do you see when, when Yaz robbed Darren Ruff? Oh, that was great. <laughs> and they definitely so like much. exchanged a few looks afterwards. Some smiles. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. I, I mean... I've been saying it. Ruff can still hit lefties and yeah. almost took Scott Alexander deep in that game where he opened. And I mean, that, yeah, he did take him deep. But. Yeah, and then he has <laughs> brought it back. Yeah, and then they were smiling at each other. That was great. Yeah, incredible. So let's just run through some news real quick. Patrick Bailey's here. Yeah, we haven't talked for a while, so he got called up, I don't know, probably 10 days ago or something at this point, but... Yeah, he's an absolute elite framer. I think you were saying that, and I interrupted you, so sorry. No, that's 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 totally fine. Elite framer, indeed. Uh, just stealing strikes back there. Yeah, and one thing that I think he does really well as a framer is that he doesn't try and sell every single pitch, if that makes sense. Like, he's just framing the ones that are on like the edges of the strike zone or the shadow zone. So the umpire doesn't think he's trying to get tricked, if that makes sense. So he's not trying to bring one that's like way out and bring it back inside. And the umpire's like, come on, bro. And then (laughs) if that happens, then the umpire, at least in my opinion, would be less likely to believe him when he does stick a pitch, if that makes sense. So he's only doing it on the ones on the edges. And he's just, I mean, he's stealing them left and right. And it looks... Man, it looks great back there. I think he's got some work to do on blocking, like blocking pitches in the dirt. But I don't know if that's him or if it's just like a Giants philosophical thing because we have seen pretty much all their catchers switch to the one knee. The crouch, leg down, knee down, yeah. Which is much better for framing. But yeah, because you can snap it up, right? Correct. But it's much worse for blocking. So I don't know if it's... Bailey's not good at it or if maybe he's new to the one knee thing and is still learning how to block while catching from one knee or if it's just the Giants are like we don't really care about blocking we want you to frame 
Because if you think yeah. about it, like, like blocking pitches in the dirt is, I don't know, it might save you, like, one base every few games. But stealing strikes, you can do that several times a game. Oh, yeah. So maybe they're just really emphasizing that. I don't know. I mean, he looks really good. The blocking, I think, needs a little bit of work. Needs to watch his ankles at uh, those play at the plates. You see that one the other day. Could have been bad. Yeah, obviously for injury-wise. And then also he has to be careful because of like the, the leaving a lane rule. The rules, yeah. <laughs> and like they very well could have ruled that yeah. he was blocking the lane and could have awarded that, that run. So good to have him here. We could talk about Bart when we get to the injury report. Sure. Camilo Doval just lights out right now. He's a dude. Incredible month of May. In the month of May, 12 innings pit, 12.2 innings pitched, 0.71 ERA, 11 for 11 saves, 20 strikeouts. Just incredible. He's up to 13 saves on the year. So if you're saying that 11 of those came in May, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, he's vibing. <laughs> yeah. He's leading the National League in saves. I think he's tied now for the National League lead in saves and then second in Major League Baseball. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know what else to say other than he looks fantastic. He looks like an elite closer. And it's weird because when he came up, he had like he basically was just walking too many batters in the minors and then they called him up. And he just doesn't do that anymore. He still gets a little wild, but I mean, he was walking like a ton of batters and then he just kind of stopped doing that once he got to the big leagues, which usually doesn't happen. Usually you (laughs) wait until they do that in the minors and then call them up. But I don't know. Been fun to watch for sure. Yeah. Casey Schmidt, still that guy. He is that guy for us. He came up, hasn't gone down. Uh, I no, think he's, he's here. He's not going. He's, here, he's not going. Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We said that when we first brought him up. We think he's here to stay. Yeah, the best player on our team. Uh, he's just so good. Maybe with Tyro down, I think between Tyro Lamontway Jr. has just gotten off to a great start. Those are the other guys, at least on the position player side, that I would consider. But yeah, I mean, he is an elite defender, and he's been hitting. He only has one walk, which. We, we've talked about a little bit. He's not going to walk a ton ever. He has so much coverage of the strike zone with his bat. Like, so he can get the bat to the ball really anywhere in the strike zone. And he's athletic enough where that can work. The one reason why you'd want him to improve on that is that that athleticism isn't going to last forever. Right. So he's going to have to learn plate discipline as a skill at some point it's harder to learn the older you get like when you're just kind of falling back on that athleticism we are a pro casey schmidt (laughs) outfit and i i love the guy i just that i think that's the one thing that he's lacking in his game right now is the the plate discipline but even without it he's making it work right now and it's fun to watch like i said like i mean he almost knocked one out of the park yesterday and I think that would have gotten the Giants within striking distance. And then you never know what can happen. But Brian Reynolds, former Giants draftee, I don't think took away a home run, but made a really good catch at the wall and like crashed into the wall. So, but like, yeah, I mean, he's so athletic and, and can get the barrel of the baseball wherever it is that it's actually good having him in the lineup because it 
gives a variety of the type of hitter and he can do damage anytime anywhere so yeah it's fun he's great i can't seem to remember i'm sure you do who'd we get for brian reynolds andrew mccutcheon oh yeah that was in 2018 they made that trade and the longoria trade because they were trying to do like one last run with that core Mm -hmm. and the longoria trade ended up working out pretty well because the guys that they gave up are i think they're big leaguers but like you know aren't stars and longoria was good with the giants for a few years Mm -hmm. you know obviously didn't play a ton but when he was on the field he was very good and while healthy yeah while healthy yeah absolutely Yeah, the Brian Reynolds one at the time looked bad and has just looked worse. So, <laughs> Yeah, what a bummer. Yeah. All right, injury report. Jock Peterson on the IL. Joey Bart, IL. Ross Stripling, IL. Yeah, wow. so Jock started taking some swings off a tee, I think. So that to me means he's close because it was like a wrist thing. Mm-hmm. And... As soon as he can start swinging, because he's a DH, it's not like he has to get reps in the field. So, <laughs> like, as soon as he can swing and feels good swinging, we'll I think we'll see him back. Joey Bart is going on a rehab assignment Friday. I think it's going to be one of those, oh, let's take it real slow rehab yeah, assignments. So, yeah, let's pause here on Joey Bart. So, with the addition of Patrick Bailey and him being good... yeah. What does this mean for Bart? Where are we going to see him again? Or how are we going to see him again? Yeah, so I think there's a couple of different approaches, and I don't know which one the Giants will end up doing. Part of it will be who's healthy when Bart is ready to come back. As we've said before, they're never going to be healthy all at the same time. So, like, who's going to be hurt when Bart's healthy? But the two paths to me are that they go with three catchers, basically Bailey... Bart, and then Sable as outfielder, DH, emergency third catcher. Right. Though I think that makes more sense if Jock isn't ready yet, because then Sable can basically be the DH against right-handed pitching while Jock's still on the mend. But if Jock is coming back soon, then there's less of an opportunity for that. There are some other guys kind of on the fringe of the roster right now that they could make a move for you know Bryce Johnson Brett Wisely and basically what that would allow them to do is use Sable in an emergency situation we've talked about it he's not great behind the plate but he's hitting right-handed pitching actually pretty well um you know his OPS plus is at 111 pretty good considering he started the year a little slow so being above average is 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 good and then also being able to fill in behind the plate in like a pinch I think is valuable. You can fill in in the outfield in a pinch. So it's it's almost like Jock Peterson plus where, yeah, Jock is like the DH uh, and can fill in in the outfield in an emergency, but Sable can do that behind the plate in an emergency. Yeah. Obviously not the hitter that Jock is, or at least not yet, but, you know, that that's kind of the thought. And then so Bart hits right-handed, and then Bailey is a switch hitter, has usually hit better left-handed, at least has in the minors. The only thing that doesn't make a ton of sense to me with that is that at least in his big league appearances, Bart hasn't hit lefties as good as he has righties. So, like, that split doesn't make as much sense. The other path is that they option Joey Bart, and I'm leaning towards that's what they end up doing. Are you really? Yeah. 
He's optionable. He's made a lot of improvements behind the plate this year. We've talked about that. He's looked really good. He hasn't hit this year, and that's a problem. I don't think he has a home run yet. He does not. Shocking. Not, yeah, which is weird because he has a ton of power. I mean, just And he absolute, likes to swing. And he likes to swing, yeah. Yeah. He started the year kind of like getting some singles and things, and so his like batting average looked okay, but his line was like, 350 350 350 like just no walks and no power just all fueled by like batting average on balls in play and then that's went away and then his numbers dropped and then he got hurt so unless somebody else ends up getting hurt by the time he's healthy i think they option him unfortunately but that's why i think they're gonna really slow play his rehab assignment because they want to have as much time to make that decision as possible yeah, I mean, being optioned, it's not goodbye. It's not no. See no. you later. Yeah, they might just do that to get him to play every day. Yep. That seems more likely to me than carrying three catchers. But that being said, Bailey's catching probably more often than they want him to right now. Like, they normally like to do two on, one off, and he seems to be doing three to four before he gets one off just because they're not super comfortable with Sable behind the plate. I don't think it'll be at the expense of Sable, because like, since he is a Rule 5 pick, they'd lose him, and they like his bat too much to to just outright lose him. Just so you know, you texted me a week or so ago with this thought of who Patrick Bailey looked like. An old, <laughs> obnoxious giant. And it's all I can see now, and it drives me crazy. He looks a little like A.J. Perzinski. He does like, not not a ton in the face, but like kind of the body type, the left. I do swing. see it in the face too, a, I, a little and, bit. All right, where we leave off, Ross Stripling. What's going on with that guy? So this is another one where I think they're taking their time. So he left <laughs> with a back strain. Gosh, at this point, almost two weeks ago, and he's like just now starting to throw. I think they're gonna say, "Hey, you know, take your time, <laughs> ease back into it." We are in no rush to get We are in no rush. Now, I don't know if we were going to talk about this later, but just in comparison, Sean Manaya has looked pretty good as of late. Oh, yeah. The move to the bullpen. And I think they're hoping, and, and I think with good reason, that when Stripling comes back, that he'll be more in line with like his career numbers than what he's shown so far. So like right now, he's got like a, a above seven ERA. In his career, he's just under four. If he's going to go out there and throw to the ERA of just under four, like that's a serviceable pitcher. That's a fine player to have either at the back of a rotation or as like a swingman or a long innings reliever. You know, and, and I think that that's reasonable to expect that he'd you know, go back to his career norms rather than these like weird outliers. But right now, like, they don't have room for them. So I think they're just going to say, hey, take your time, you know? Yeah, for sure. So who's back? Austin Slater-Tater. Although he he tried to leave us again, running straight into a wall. Yeah, and then later in that game, the did you see the third baseman, like, stepped on his face? <laughs> and then and then add in, uh, insult to injury, he got called out because Mark Hallberg touched him trying to get him back on the base and that's illegal but yeah yeah he luckily he came back unscathed 
uh, or he went unscathed after both of those because I mean when he hit the wall and he actually like flailed yeah and I thought oh no yeah I was actually Uh, surprised they didn't take a timeout to even yeah check on him yeah (laughs) but he hit a home run against Rich Hill because Austin Slater mashes lefties he's like yeah fifth in major leagues like, like as a hitter against left-handed pitching for the past, like, four seasons or something like that. Yeah, I actually heard that stat the other day across Major League Baseball. Like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And then Clayton Kershaw mentioned that he was one of the tougher hitters to face in the in the league. Absolutely. I, mean, I saw and, that. Uh, him and Wilmer both got a shout-out as those, like, pesky platoon guys. Which, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, good for him. Played great. <laughs> we love a Slater Tater. Darn Giants. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably do, too because they were playing yeah. each other like 18 times a year up until this sure. season. So. It's too kind of funny that those are the two that yeah. battled off. Exciting news. Luke Jackson, he's back after Tommy John. Yeah. The crowd was so amped for him. Yeah. Uh, everyone was just super pumped for his return. It was. It's good to see him back. Yeah, so the last pitch he threw before Wednesday's game was in the 2021 World Series with the Braves and then missed all of last year with Tommy John and recovery. And then the Giants off like got him on a two-year deal and I, and I think ended up being ahead of schedule more than, well, maybe not more than they expected, but like those types of deals are normally like, We'll sign you. You can continue rehabbing. We're not expecting much year one, but, you know, maybe we'll get you at the back end of year one, and then obviously we'll like you for year two. But, yeah, I mean, he's back. He was back in May. He he was only missed, like, you know, 61 days on his 60-day injured list stint. So that's great. The fastball velocity was there. The slider looked nasty. That's a great addition to the bullpen. First time back, one inning, two Ks. Yeah. The one thing I'm not sure, can he pitch back-to-back days, you know, as part of the recovery? I don't I don't know. Or maybe he can't yet, but maybe will later in the year. We actually saw this with Brebbia a couple seasons ago. Uh, the Giants got him. It was a different situation, but he was recovering from Tommy John and came back. And then... It took him a while to kind of get back to normal. It, like it kind of felt like we rushed him that season, though. Like we, yeah, yeah. So, well, it, it did seem like he wasn't ready. I know. I remember what you're talking about. It, it took. It did take some time. Yeah, but Jackson coming out and looking that good that early, I think, is a good sign. So, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden, the bullpen looks kind of good. Am I crazy? No. Because no. it looked bad at the beginning of the year. It was like Duvall and who else? And now it's like, okay, they got some guys. Yeah, well, it finally, yeah, we've, something happened. They're looking better. We're winning games. Last month was fun. I, and I, I expect, yeah. expect it to carry over. Is Michael Conforto hurt? What's going on there? Tuesday night's game, he bruised his heel, running a running to first and like avoiding a tag around the base. It looked Kind of bad, like could have hurt his safe, ankle. Though. He was safe. He was safe, <laughs> but it was like, ooh, did he tweak his ankle? Did he tweak his? It knee? did look bad. Yeah, uh, it ended up being a bruised heel, which 
I mean, I think you would take that over an ankle or a knee. Not to say that it's not painful, but as far as like timeline goes, I think we would take that. It might be a couple days till we see him. I think they're thinking he's going to avoid the injured list, but when he hurt his calf the last time and we were both like, why not just put him on the IL if he's going to miss? Yeah. If he's going to miss eight days or something, like just put him on the injured list. But I don't know that, you know, we'll have to see. They have an off day today. Finally. Yeah, finally. They'll, so they'll reassess him probably Friday like early and get a sense on how long he'll need to recover. Pulling for you, Scooter. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I missing? Is that is that our injury report? Yeah, the only one I wanted to mention was Tyler Fitzgerald. Our oh, our the official, official minor, minor leaguer. leaguer. Yeah, now that Casey Schmidt's up and our official major leaguer, we needed a new official minor leaguer. The official so, minor leaguer of third and king. Yeah. yeah. Tyler Fitzgerald, he was on the injured list. I don't know why finding these things about minor leaguers is like impossible. And it's only a seven day injured list in the minor leagues. So I don't know, but he's back. He's uh, stealing bases, scoring runs. He reminds me a lot of Casey Schmidt, like just kind of like real athletic profile. And then they're just like molding him into the type of player that they want him to be. And it seems to be working out. So playing a lot of shortstop at, at Sacramento. So. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you're right, though. Finding some of this minor league info, people listening don't realize it's it's not that easy. No. The whole minor league system, it, not related, kind of related. But like, I was watching a minor league game. Why are the broadcasts so bad? <laughs> well, even the camera guys are minor leaguers. <laughs> yeah, like, they can't even track a home run. No, definitely not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's you probably, know what I'm talking probably, about. It's, it's no, kind I of do. painful. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like definitely I'm not. High school highlights. It is definitely not a big league production. It's probably <laughs> just a lack of money, which is weird. But Which is weird, yeah. We could do a whole segment on that. Yeah, but like uh, like Wade Meckler, uh, who just got promoted to A a few weeks ago, is on the injured list. No idea why. It's just None. it's just None impossible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's our injury report. You want to talk about trades now? I think that could be fun. Yeah, sure. Put some hypothetical trades together. You know, blow my mind. No, I didn't go that far. <laughs> All right. Well, when's the trade de- trade deadline? We're about a quarter of the way through the season, right? So we got a couple. Yeah. Months. So we've got about two months. It's July thirty first, unless that's like on a Sunday, then they might move it to August first or something like that. Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is that I was browsing Twitter the other day and both the uh, both like That's Mets, a dangerous place. Dangerous place. Yeah, dangerous place. <laughs> uh, both Mets Twitter and Yankees Twitter are just convinced that the Giants are going to be sellers at the deadline. And it is possible that they Who are. Who do they want? What's that? Who do they want? They want Michael Conforto. Like both of them. They're like, oh, look how good our lineup would look with Conforto in left field. And it's like. Yeah, of course. He's a good player. Any lineup would probably be better with him in it. Some of them had like hypothetical trades attached to them, but I don't know either of the Mets or the Yankees system well enough to know if it was good enough. But I just find it unlikely that the Giants will be sellers at the trade deadline. I think they're probably going to be around 500 come the trade deadline within a couple games on in either direction of 500. 
And if they're within a couple games of 500, that means they have a shot at a wild card. And that means that they won't be sellers. That being said, there are a few guys that just because they're the roster crunch seems to be real right now that I think could be available, you know, if they're offered the right deal in exchange. I don't see Conforto as one of those guys. I I think that they'll want his production all year. He's been really good at the plate since he kind of turned it around. You know, I think he's a guy that could carry the offense for a while when he's hot. So like, even if they're a couple games under 500, I don't think they're going to trade him. Do you think though that they might trade somebody like Jock Peterson? We could. I I just I feel like it's not the Jock we're used to or the Jock we were expecting this season. I don't know. He hasn't quite. Well, yeah, I don't know. He hasn't done much for us. The only reason I bring Jock up is because he's on a one year deal. Yeah. So if they don't trade him, they're going to have to resign him. I don't see them re-signing him next year. I don't That's think- what I mean is I just don't if he was mashing then we'd have likely be a different conversation. Yeah, but on the other side of that though, you know, if we're not impressed with them then the other teams won't be impressed with them. So like I don't know. I I think he has to start hitting and then somebody might trade him. That being said, do, <laughs> does any team have use for like a DH only like platoon bat at this point i don't know but maybe yeah so interesting so first off i just don't think jock's been 100 percent healthy also no definitely not and i think that that is playing into that but you bring up a good point right like you're gonna give a roster spot to dh dh only yeah so like let's say yeah at what point do you you gotta wait out and i in my head this makes sense i'm gonna try and so, like, if you've got a – if the guy's a 10 out of 10 DH only, but then you've got, like, a 7 out of 10 DH and good at a posi- – can play a position, right? Who do you go with? Right. Yeah, I, go I think – yeah, I think – and I think that's, like, on – that's that's the comparison between Jock and Blake Sable, to be honest. Like, is Jock a better hitter at this point in his career than Sable? Yeah, no question. Is the positional versatility Absolutely. make up for the difference? Maybe. Um, yeah. It's at least it's at least close. Another one that I think is interesting, and and I I almost hate putting this out in the universe, but is Alex Cobb. So Alex Cobb has obviously been great. He had a poor last outing, but I think he just so he had a poor last outing, but he didn't have a feel for his splitter. And Cobb is so relies on it. So sinker splitter reliant. You know, he throws a splitter something like forty percent of the time. And if you don't have that one pitch that you throw forty percent of the time, you're gonna struggle. And I think So that, how you do know, you not ha- but how do you not have the pitch? It's your well, pitch. Yeah, splitter and this is why it's not more common, is that it's it's easy to lose the feel for it. Think about the guys that have good splitters. They're really good. But so it's like, okay, well, why don't more guys throw it? It's because it's it's not easy to control and it can be very temperamental and, and you can lose it like pitch to pitch. So that that's why. So 
that start aside, he's been very good, and I expect him to be more very good than he was in his last start going forward. But if we think Kyle Harrison's going to be up at some point this season, there needs to be a rotation spot. And so where does that rotation spot come from? You got to make room. And it's not like a team's going to want to trade for Alex Wood right now. And it's not like a team's wanting to trade for Stripling or Manaya right now. Obviously, we've seen improvements from Manaya, but I think uh, somebody would want to see a lot more before they trade for him. So, like, the, what you're giving up in a trade has to also have perceived value. And I think right now that's Cobb. Again, if they want to make room for Kyle Harrison, I think that that makes the most sense, unless somebody gets hurt or somebody else gets delegated to the bullpen. But like we just said, the bullpen's kind of full at the, at this point too. So, and then, so Cobb's 35. He's got a player option on his contract for next year after. No, I'm sorry. It's a team option next year on his deal. So that could be pretty attractive for a team that needs a starting pitcher. And there's not a whole lot of other starting pitchers out there that are on the trade market right now. So, and it's I just one of those. It. It's just one of those things where, like, if they get swept away with a package deal, like maybe. So, I could see it, and I mean, I guess two seasons from now, I doubt I'll be like, man, I really miss him. Speaking of splitters, though, you see that dude from the I think the Mets that throws the fork ball, the ghost fork. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pitch. That thing's nutty. Yeah. The last one, and again, I think this is real out there, but it wouldn't shock me if they traded J.D. Davis. We've oh, sung, man. We've sung his praises. I like J.D. Davis a lot. Don't get me wrong. He's been very good. Probably going to be an all-star if he keeps playing the way he's playing. Played great defense. But, like, I don't think they want Schmidt at shortstop long-term. I think they do want him to play third base. And that's where J.D. Davis plays. So it's kind of the same thing. It's like, you know, where we were talking about Harrison and Cobb, you know, unless they're, they they do get more comfortable having Schmidt at shortstop, then you almost, like, you could move Davis just to open up third base for Schmidt. I, I think that's extremely unlikely, but those are, like, the guys that I could see moving in like some deadline deals. But again, I don't. So what kind of, what would you see us going after? Like what kind of player? It would, it would basically be, it would be almost like the JD trade, JD Davis trade from last year, where it's like, you know, you get somebody that's either major league ready or will be major league ready extremely soon, or is maybe blocked at a position you know, by like an incumbent that they have. And then also some minor leaguers in addition to that. I think that's the only way they pull the trigger on something like that. So they, they would have to get swept away again by a pretty big trade offer. Kind of like they were for Darren Ruff last year. They got J.D. Davis and three minor league pitchers. So if they were then able to trade J.D. Davis for <laughs> J.D. Davis two and then three more minor league pitchers, I don't know. I could see them doing that, but mostly, again, not because they don't like Davis, but just because it's like, all right, well, we want Casey Schmidt at their base. Yeah, we have a future to look out for. Exactly. Yeah. 
the last thing about J.D. Davis is he's only under team control through next season. So, mm. you know, if they were able to get a bunch of minor leaguers for a guy that they would probably... Because he's 30. They're not going to extend him. So if they're able to get a bunch of guys in exchange for a season and a half of J.D. Davis, maybe. Maybe. No, interesting stuff, man. Minor leagues. You know, the front office, our front office, we've been notoriously slow, right? Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's more methodical with, with promotion. Or maybe deliberate. I don't know. But, yeah. Intentional. Yeah. yeah. All those buzzwords. Yeah. Um, but it kind of seems quite the opposite this year. We're moving guys. It seems almost like the exact opposite this year. Yeah. So, I mean, Patrick Bailey started at double-A and is now at the major league level. We've talked about how fast Schmidt moved because he started at high-A last year. Obviously, the movement was fast for him, and he almost, like, forced his hand all last season and then started at triple-A, so it wasn't, like, a fast move this year. But... Yeah, it, it's almost like they went from being real slow and purposeful to the exact opposite. Because, like, Luis Matos started this year at double A and is now at triple A and knocking on the doorstep, as they say. <laughs> I'm going to put that on a, on a t shirt <laughs> for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Same with Wissenhunt, right? I just read he's going up to double A now. Yeah, he got promoted today. Yeah. So he got so he was drafted last year. He was uh, a member of the 2022 draft class. Do you think there's a reason behind this? Do you think I'm just I, I'm spitballing right now? Yeah. You think maybe Farhan's feeling a little bit of pressure, and he's like, look, I got to start. Prove not proving myself, but I've got to start showing some ROI here. That's possible. I know a lot of fans were upset with Farhan over the offseason for how the offseason went down. They were upset with him last season because that was a disappointment, at least relative to the season before. Yeah, I think he was at least getting some some people in the public weren't happy with him. We don't yeah, he's know getting what that the, Twitter backlash. Yeah, the yeah. Twitter backlash. We don't know how ownership feels about him. I think ownership really likes him, but I have no way to prove that. So it's possible that if ownership doesn't like him quite as much as I think, or maybe ownership is getting a little antsy, and they're like, all right, Farhan, we need to see some of these things start to happen that you promised us would happen when you took over. I could see a scenario where he's like, all right, then let's get these guys to the big league. Let's get Patrick Bailey up to the bigs and see what he's got. You know, let's move Matos fast. Let's move Wisenhunt fast. You know, let's get Casey Schmidt up. The other thing, though, that I think is more likely is that these prospects that they drafted starting in 2019 are finally doing the things that they're asking them to do. And they're rewarding them with promotions. Again, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever know the answer, but I think that's more likely than they're doing it out of so, like feeling some sort of pressure. I think they're just like, 
yeah, Casey Schmidt's dominated every level he's been at. So let's Absolutely. keep promoting him. I, I mean, there's a scenario where Farhan hit it right, and he yeah. is drafting good guys, right? Like, yeah. there, that scenario could be true. And, like, Wisenhunt drafted last year, dominated low A, dominated high A, you know, five starts apiece. But it was four in low A, six in high A. And then they were like, all right, time to go to double A. And he'll probably get 10 starts in double A, depending on how they go. And if he continues to dominate the way he has, they'll probably promote him again. I think the one that makes me think that it's not out of some sort of like antsiness or anything like that is Kyle Harrison. I think if they were actually feeling pressure to bring these guys up that we would have seen Kyle Harrison already. But Kyle Harrison is not doing yet what they're asking him to do, or they're still developing him in order to do it, and that's cut down on the walks. Still looking pretty good. He looks great. And and that's not me saying I don't like him. He's missing bats at an insane rate. He's just walking too many guys. Or they finally increased his pitch count limit to from 60 to 75 in his last start but he actually ended up throwing less innings because he just didn't have control so that's something that he needs to work on before they all feel comfortable promoting him and it's like he he throws like this magnificent outing and then the next one he like takes a step back and then he'll throw a great like if he if he throws two really good ones in a row i think they make the move maybe maybe three but I think I think if he puts together two in a row, that they'll just make the move. Doesn't seem difficult, Kyle. <laughs> you know the assignment. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty. I think it's pretty difficult. Yeah, probably. I know nothing. Last thing about minors, I guess. Reggie Crawford rehab stint. I think he got a start recently. Yeah. So. Yep, he started today. So this was his second start. They are going to be extremely slow with him. So he's at low A. He was their first-round pick last year. When they drafted him, he was recovering from Tommy John surgery. And then over the offseason, he had mono. So that's why he is just getting to San Jose now. Uh, He was at, like, the Arizona Complex, just getting some work in, and then now he's got two starts. You know, his start today was two innings. So... They're going to be extremely slow with him. The interesting thing, though, is that they are letting him DH still. So they are at least considering the idea of him being a two-way player. I think if the pitching like just gets way ahead of hitting, that they'll just be like, why don't you just focus on pitching type of thing? Because <laughs> like he's throwing 98 you know, with a like a you know pretty good slider from the left side. So I think if that just ends up developing faster, that they'll just be like, yeah, why don't you pitch? I don't really see the reason behind the two way player. Uh, yeah, I mean Shohei is elite. Yes, He's a freak. Yes, in a good way. Yeah, um, I think that. It, it's got a lot of people probably excited about that idea, but it's just yeah. doesn't seem reasonable. It's, it seems very difficult just the way that 
both of those things take a toll on your body. There's a reason why pitching rotations are five people deep and sometimes six people deep because you need that many days to recover. And yet Shohei is throwing and then DHing the next day. And sometimes, you know, the same day or whatever, you know, like, so yes. Yeah, like 800 something feet worth of home runs yeah. in one day. So he, <laughs> he, is the, he is the exception to the rule. You know, it's like, it's like when people are like, oh, well, why don't you just throw 300 innings a year like Nolan Ryan used to do? And it's like, all right, well, he was special, you know, like not everyone is Nolan Ryan. Yeah, like there's a reason why you know his name. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, there's a reason why we know why baseball, non-baseball fans know who Shohei Otani is because he is is special. The other thing, too, is that he was developing as a two-way player, like, since he was very young. You know, like, like as a as a late teenager in the in the NPB minor leagues and stuff like that, where like Reggie Crawford was drafted out of college and is developing now so it's like he's he's already behind if you're if you're comparing him to where Shohei was at this point in his career like when Shohei was 22 he was already dominating NPB as as both a a hitter and a pitcher so I think that just speaks more to the fact that Shohei is an anomaly a unicorn but I don't know I just thought it was interesting that they're at least at least hubering him with the idea that he can be a two-way player and you know maybe he can i i yeah maybe i hope we're wrong uh yeah yeah i don't see it but maybe i don't know um what i did see though fan graphs teach yeah you got luciano listed as a right fielder so i i was reading um like a fan graphs like Giants prospect list and Luciano's just listed on there as a right fielder, which eh, I don't know. Kind of interesting. He's still playing shortstop at. For well, it's super a. interesting because we talked about that last time. Yeah. Like why he hasn't made the move, why he's still at shortstop. Yeah. So that's, that's why I thought it was interesting. Yeah. He's uh he's playing shortstop at double a, but. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why like a publication would list a guy at a position that he's never played in pro ball. What do they know that we don't know? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think if 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 he just starts mashing, they should just put him in left field. Yeah, call him up, see what happens. I think it's inevitable. I mean, I think that that's the path for him. We're just yeah. we talked about it last time. We don't need to get into it. For some reason, that transition hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Except according to Fangraphs. Except according to Fangraphs. What do they know? <laughs> so that's about it. We've got the day off today. Where are we going from here? We play the Orioles, right? Yeah. Black um, and orange against black and orange. Yeah, it's going to be a tough series, I think. It'll be a fun series to watch, hopefully. Hopefully. Baltimore's got so much young, fun talent. Yep. So I'm excited for that. I hope they don't beat up on us too badly. Kind of funny. We get another break, though, immediately after that, and then I think we go into another long stretch of baseball. So a day off between two home series, which is, I think, good for the Giants. 
Uh, yeah, playing the Orioles. Orioles have been playing real good ball. Cedric Mullins just went down with an injury, so that's a little bit of a knock, but they're still a really good team. Really fun and exciting and young, like you were saying. Uh, and then another day off, and then they finally play the Rockies. So with this now not unbalanced schedule, I guess, the now balanced schedule, they don't play the teams in their division as often but they've played every team in their division except the rockies so yeah that's wild we're two months in yeah 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 so um, i just thought that was weird but hopefully a, ter- a terrible rockies team yeah which that's history the, this season shows us that we don't play well against yeah. terrible that's, teams that's been the giants kryptonite this year so i i think i don't know i think the rockies are pretty bad so Hopefully they can take that series, even though it's in Colorado. Yeah, I would go back home, play the Cubs. I was going to say Chicago, but... The, yeah. The, yeah. So... The Cubs are weird. Their record's bad, but their, like, run differential's good. So, they're weird. Yeah, they're so I guess almost, not too long of a, of a stretch of games. we got Rockies for three, Cubs for three... Cards for three. We have a break, and then we play a team we shall not mention from L.A. The Angels? The other one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's only two. Well played, though. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. All right, well, hopefully, you know, we, we said it when we opened today. Uh, we're, but we, we got above 500. It felt like we couldn't wait to get back down. Yeah. So, uh, hopefully we can keep up some of the momentum we, we built, uh, in May. Yeah. I mean, if maybe they go 17 and 12 again in June, I'll be happy. Absolutely. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have shaved the mustaches. We'll see. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I mean, I could do that. What I said was not a good look to shave the beard and leave the scruff, but mine. So my hair is light, right? And I just kind of, I got that gross Austin Slater one. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> can Can you also mash lefties? Um, you know, don't know. All right. So I can't say no. Yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> All right, teachers. Good to see you. Good talking to you. That's it. That's all. That's all I got. Um, look, if you're listening, you like what you hear, go ahead. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, email us. If you want us to talk about anything or if you hated anything you heard and you want to yell at me or TJ, yeah. uh, do so at, uh, what is it? Third and King shop at gmail.com. Visit us. Third and King shop.com. All of our socials, at Third and King Shop. Yeah. Give us a like. Give yeah. us a follow. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. See Adios. Ya.